it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, road wins have been really hard to come by in the Big Ten this season, but Michigan State put together a decent performance at Penn State on Wednesday night to keep the good vibes rolling off an impressive home win versus Illinois. What a difference a week makes if you're Tom Izzo's bunch. We will discuss the games and all the latest developments around the Spartans on episode 139 of Them Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on a snowy Thursday, February 15th, 2024. Hope everyone had an enjoyable Valentine's Day. Uh, Malik Hall certainly didn't forget to show Spartan Nation some love last night. But uh, Kyle, I can't believe you elected to spend the holiday with your family instead of being, you know, one of the 300 people at the Bryce Jordan Center. Yeah, that was not a tough call whatsoever. Uh, when the boss asked me to pick a game uh, to miss, uh, Valentine's Day at the Bryce Jordan Center stuck out immediately. So <laughs> no, no, no regrets there, especially because I look on my window now and see a bunch of snow coming down. I'm glad I'm not traveling back from middle of nowhere Pennsylvania through this. Why on earth did they make that arena so big? Like somebody needs to be fired wrestling that's why they did it it's all for wrestling yeah it's because they don't care about basketball Um, matt's right they literally like you have to be able to fit a certain number of wrestling mats in an arena to host like ncaa championships and that was the priority there like i've heard people that live in pennsylvania say that like wrestling might be more popular than men's basketball in the winter there so it's for wrestling and concerts and the result is it's the worst uh, worst arena in the Big Ten and probably one of the worst in major college basketball. Yeah, they're single-handedly keeping the uh, a curtain company there in State College in business <laughs> by, by blocking off the upper deck every time Penn State has to play a game. Uh, but no, yeah, you heard Matt, you heard Kyle there. Michigan State does win 80-72. to I mean, they were, they were winning this game pretty comfortably outside of like the first four or five minutes where Penn State had a lead and Michigan, you know, they were just blocking everything Michigan State threw up at the rim. Uh, Michigan State led pretty comfortably throughout this game. Game wasn't as competitive as, as the final score even indicates. Penn State hit a couple late threes, but, um, you know, it's a game Michigan State had to have. It's a game Michigan State was expected to win. Um Malik Hall, though, career night here, Kyle. 29 points, uh, could have hit 30 Um it's coming at the right time for Michigan State when it comes to him. Yeah, probably the best game I've ever seen him play. Uh, 20 points uh, in the second half and just stretches where it felt like he was looking to score every possession and doing it most possessions. I mean, shot 10 for 13 and 8 for 8 from the free throw line. Uh, has a good matchup against Penn State. He scored 24, his, which was his previous top career high the first time they played and now 29 in the second one so he likes playing Penn State I don't think he'd mind seeing them in the Big Ten tournament but uh, got a good matchup 
got aggressive. And um, really, I mean, Michigan State scored 35 in the second half. Malik Hall had 20. Nobody else had more than six. So if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't um, kind of get in the zone there, things could have gotten a little dicey for Michigan State. So because um, I'm sure we'll talk about Tyson Walker, uh, worst team of the season. A.J. Hogard couldn't follow up on Illinois. So um, Michigan State really needed that. And um, yeah, he was he was really good. And I, I can we officially say that he's like consistent now? I'm doing it, Kyle. I'm doing it. <laughs> He had like one down game at Minnesota, but really since that Northwestern stinker, I mean, he's been showing up with um, like 15 every night and it's, you know, we talked about it forever. Um, it didn't, I was afraid it was never going to happen for him, but uh, it seems like it's finally happening and it's helping Michigan State a lot. 10 points or 10 rebounds, three assists also last night, uh, but it, I don't know. It's like, yeah, he's had some games like this before. You know, I saw AJ Hogarth the other day sharing his, uh, 17 point game he had against Seton Hall his freshman year. And that was kind of his first kind of coming out party. But so we've seen these peaks, but with the eye test, Kyle, he just looks, it looks different, right? When you watch him playing the games, he looks more comfortable. He's more assertive in his post moves. He, his shot looks better from the outside. Now it doesn't look as like he's pushing the ball or trying to guide it. It just looks like it's coming naturally. Um, I mean, and he's just, you know, he's pulling out every tool in the toolbox when he's trying to get down on that block and guys are having trouble staying with him because he's pretty nimble and athletic for his size. And uh, it's really just coming together for him. It looks like he's kind of having that like Tom Izzo, you know, senior, super senior, like kind of like Joey Hauser did last year. That's going to be the obvious uh, comparison. I think it took Malik a little longer than Joey last year to kind of get to this point. But when he's playing at this kind of clip with, his three level scoring, his rebounding, his defensive abilities. I don't know, man. It's it just Michigan State is just so much better. They're just so much harder to guard when they don't have to just rely on the guards. And yeah, we can talk about it. You know, the fact that they got away with the road win with Tyson and AJ playing the way they did, which wasn't great, you know, uh, especially Tyson. Um, you know, you get Aikens going as well. It's just, it's just a good sign for the team overall. But I, I am, I'm comfortable saying it. It's a risk. I've been burned many times, but I think Malik Hall is primed for for one of those Izzo finishes here. Yeah, I mean, Joey had a great senior season last year, but I almost like Malik Hall right now more because he's like his stuff is so efficient. Like he's in the post getting high percentage shots. Um, I mean, Joey was great, but he was, you know, he's a three point shooter and just by nature, you know, you're going to be a little streaky there, um, even though Joey Alger shot very well last year. You know, Malik Hall, um, you know, shoots 10 for 13. He's shooting a great percentage this year. Um, he he was telling me um, or telling some reporters in the locker room after, I think after Illinois, um, Izzo's been on him to, to stop doing the fadeaway so much um, and to, to kind of be a little bit more aggressive, go initiate contact and get to the foul line. Um, and it seems like that's what he's been doing. You know, eight free throws last night, hit them all. Um, so um, kind of still honing things and refining things, but um, everything seems to be moving in the right direction. And um, yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of see it as good and bad as far as AJ and Tyson. Like you don't want to see like bad games from those guys, but it, I don't know. There's been times this year where it felt like, if Tyson Walker didn't score like 15, those guys were toast, you know, like early think about early in the season. It felt like the whole offense was like throw it around for 20 seconds and then give it to Tyson and he'll make something happen. And 
I think this team has now moved beyond that, which is a good sign. And the fact that um, they can have him score six points and go on the road and get a comfortable win. I know it's against Penn State, but um, as we've seen in the Big Ten this year, um, nothing to be ashamed of any road win, any comfortable road win. So I think it was a good sign for this team that they could do that without Tyson Walker. Um, I And, you know, Tyson Walker's been so consistent. He certainly earned himself an off night. Um, A.J. Hogarth, I think, is a little bit more maybe disappointing if you're a Michigan State fan. Had the huge breakthrough against Illinois. Um, you really kind of hope that that would be his spark and his jumping off point. Um, and came out last night. Uh, what do you have? Four points. Um, did have did have five assists. Yeah. Um, but just a quiet night. And you know, after the Illinois win, he's playing in his home state. He had about sixty family and friends there that took a bus up from uh, his hometown of Coatesville. So, um, I, I think I know. And time has said it. You know, they were hoping that um he would start to find that consistency too, but. Um, they survived without it. So kind of good and bad. You don't want to see that from those guys, but um, uh, they survived with it. And, you know, credit to Jay Nakins in the first half. He hit four threes. It felt like, you know, they were really focusing, you know, it was a don't let Walker and Hogard beat us. And um, I couldn't believe some of the looks AJ got and, or not AJ, uh, Jaden got and credit to him. He, he hit him. Uh, Tom Izzo agreed. Best he's ever seen Malik Hall play. Even in, he said, that's what he said after the game, according to 247, Stephen Brooks, who was there. Uh, you know, best he's ever seen ever seen him play in high school, college, you know, so uh that that's a big sign. But yeah, Jaden Akins in that first half, he was huge. I mean, they Penn State was making some shots, they were making some plays. I mean, Penn State, watch, they shot 50% from three. And I don't know what their numbers are, but I don't even, I don't think they're one of the better three-point shooting teams. What are they? 208th in the country. Um, so that was to win a game when Penn State is hot like that. That's two games in a row now where teams that aren't really, because Illinois isn't like a phenomenal three-point shooting team, and they made 10 of them. The fact that, you know, we're not going to get into that game. The fact that Michigan State was able to beat Illinois in a game where they were making shots was pretty dang impressive. So, but Aikens, like there was a play in the first half, Kyle, where there was one of those long rebounds that Tom has been about all year about the team not getting those because they just, whatever it is, they're not in position, they're crashing the boards, whatever it is. They showed a great replay on BTN, and I know you were watching the game last night, where you could see that Aikens anticipated the long rebound, and that allowed him to go poke that ball away and then go down for that layup. I mean, like, those are the kind of things that motor, I think, that Tom Izzo's talking about with Aikens, where, yeah, we know he can make plays, we know he can shoot, we know he's athletic, but to have that consistent motor to make those plays that otherwise wouldn't be made, that's kind of what brings his game to the next level. Yeah, I thought he made several plays in the open court last night uh, that were pretty impressive. Uh, like you said, just kind of anticipating being a step ahead of Penn State. And Penn State's got a, got a really good backcourt. I mean, that's their strength. You know, Ace Baldwin and Kanye Clary are two really good players. So being able to um, to outplay guys like that um, is, is pretty impressive. And got a lot on the break. And, and Michigan State's break early, it, it's um, – that was big for them last night, and um, they were doing that against Illinois, too, and Illinois is a fast-breaking team of its own. So um, I thought their break was really good early, um, and I thought Carson Cooper was a big part of that. Like, I'm not sure I've seen him really run the floor that well um, as he did. Got a couple buckets doing that, and he ends up with 10 points, and I thought, you know, that was big early getting him involved. Um, I, you know, I wrote this in my, my takeaways today, but – he he gave them like the type of offense I think is realistic um, for Michigan State center. You know, like they, they weren't throwing it to him on the low post and having him work one-on-one and try to score over a guy. Like I think we've established by this point that that's not a good, um, that's not an efficient um, style of offense for this team. But be out there, run the floor, try to get pushbacks, 
um, or put max. And if your defender is going to totally leave you to go try to guard Tyson Walker on a drive, get yourself in position, be ready for the pass um, and finish the dunk. And he did that a couple times. Like if you can do that and you're a Michigan state center, like to me, that's enough. And that's what he did last night. Got himself 10 points, uh, was a solid ancillary scoring threat for them. And, um, you know, it was nice to see whether he'll be able to keep doing that or not. I don't know. But to me, that was like compared to some of these possessions where they're throwing it down and, you know, turning it over or coming up terrible shots. Like that was a way better usage to me of their centers than we've seen a lot this year. Yeah. Four for four from the free throw line, too, which is big for Carson Cooper. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion that Mahdi needs to play like 10 minutes a game max at this point. I just don't really know what he's doing. I, I'm, I've become convinced that the only reason he starts is because he wins the opening tip every time. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this, like those guys are both going to play, you know, 15 to 25. I mean, maybe it shifts a little bit in Cooper's direction, but, um, he should cut it though. What is Marty? I mean, I love the kid. I do. I've defended him all season, but like, what does he really bring into the team? He, he defends ball strings well, and he's the best rebounder. Is he? Because he had one last night in 17 minutes. He wasn't. I mean, listen, he hasn't played great the last week. I'm not going to defend his play the last week. I'm saying over the course of a season, um, that's my case I'll make for Madi. Um, based on the trajectory of the last week, yeah. I mean, you can totally make the argument that you should be doing more Cooper. But both those guys, the, with the amount that they're able to play and play well. I mean, um, if you're up in Cooper to 25, 30 minutes a game, I'm not sure you're getting the best version of him. No, I think people want more Cole or more Booker is what it is. But um, Yeah, well, that's that's a, that's a totally different thing too. Um, yeah, we don't need to get into that right now. Yeah, We've talked about um, that so much. But, you know, the positive for last night is I thought, um, I thought Cooper was very good offensively and played within himself. Agreed. Matt, what's your what's your take on the last couple games for the Spartans here? Uh, you know, I just thought last night when you, I mean, you guys already kind of touched on it, but you get a, a night where where Walker and, and Hogarth combined for, for 10 points and, you know, Aikens carried him in the first half. You know, what did he, was he four, made his first four threes and then, then obviously Malik in the second half. It just, I don't know, you just see like, can, can this all come together late in the year? You know, if you have Malik Hall playing like that, if you have Jaden Aikens playing that like that and you get, you know, your best version of, of the guards. It's a good team. They could beat anyone. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, that's the team that threw Baylor out of LCA, you know. It, it's But as everybody who's listened to this, and we all know we've seen the other side of it plenty of times where this does not look like a good team and it doesn't look like one that can make a run. So, I don't know. Just, uh, I mean, the pieces are there, the potential's there, but, you know, will it all come together when they need it? We'll see. The more I've thought about it, like to me, the difference between what we thought this team would be versus what it is, is they just don't have the depth that we thought because the freshmen haven't been able to do uh, what we anticipated they would do. Obviously, a big part of that is Jeremy Fears um, not playing at all the second half of the season. Um, but Booker being much slower to come around than everybody thought. And, and Cohen Carr, I mean, to me, his biggest issue is. Um, his lack of a, a jump shooting threat, he just, you know, makes that offense really grind to a halt. So um, those three not being able to do much, you know, I, I thought that they'd be playing a lot more and they'd be more secondary guys and they'd be providing more depth and could rise up on certain nights. But that really hasn't happened. So they're really, to me, and their centers are what they are. So they're really um, relying very heavily on four guys, which is enough. Um, but, you know, to me, if, if they had the depth, maybe then they're more what we thought they were at the beginning of the season, but they don't. So this is what they are, which is still a good team trying in the right direction, but, you know, not top five level. 
Hey, a little Xavier Booker action last night. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, he looked good and then didn't get a run in the second half, Matt. So, uh, I, I mean, de- the switch is on defense. You can see it. He does get lost. Um, we don't, I don't, don't trigger me. Don't make me go down this road, man. We don't want to get the Booker going. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Michigan real quick. They play them on Saturday at, at, uh, Chrysler there. Expect a lot of green in the crowd. What Michigan's won two games since December 19th. They're going nowhere fast. They just lost to Illinois 97, 68 looking lifeless. I don't Doug McDaniel will maybe, maybe play in this game. Supposedly, who knows what's going to go on? Is Juwan going to be the assistant? Is he going to be the head coach? Who knows? Um, but uh, this is this is a game Michigan State needs to win. But as as lifeless as Michigan has looked at times, Kyle, I mean, you got to think they're going to get up to play a home game against their rival, right? Like, so Michigan State's going to have to come to play still. Well, I mean, every indication is Doug will play. He's played in all the home games, I believe. Um, since this I just, I never know what's going to happen with that program. Yeah. You know? uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume he's playing, and um, yeah, I mean, they, they're a program that's going nowhere. But if you're gonna get up for, you know, one game, I mean, I guess you got Purdue, they got Purdue going in there too. But if you're gonna get up for one game the rest of the year, this is it. Um, and um, we've seen teams that are underdogs rise to the occasion in this rivalry. So I don't think Michigan State will take it lightly at all. As always mentioned. Um, several times how, how different they are, um, you know, obviously at home and on the road and what a difference Doug McDaniel plays. I'm not, I mean, it's not like they've been lights out at home, you know, um, they've, they've taken their, um, their share of losses at home, even with Doug McDaniel, but I do think they're expecting a different sort of, um, team than they played at the Breslin center when they won easily last month. So, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It's a game that they should win, but, um, uh, I, I'm sure Tom Izzo will spend uh, the next two days making sure that he has their complete attention and that they're not um, overlooking anything based on how that first game went. Yeah, I mean, Michigan was right in in the first half, too, even at the Brazil. Were they winning at halftime? I can't even remember. I, yeah, I don't know if they were. It was close either way. Yeah, so, I mean, it's the Big Ten. It's a road game. I mean, you're going to have to come to play. And I don't know, if you look at the the rest of the season here, Kyle, I mean, Michigan is – is obviously one that you're going to want to get. But if you just look around, they're like, they play Northwestern, who just lost Ty Berry. Ohio State just fired Chris Holtman. Um, you know, you got Purdue in there. But, you know, Iowa looks like a winnable game at home. I mean, I don't, we've talked about it a lot, but the schedule is setting up here for Michigan State to have a pretty good, strong end to the season, um, especially with some other things going on, turmoil going on. I don't know. Do you, do you still see Sweet 16, though, as, as maybe like the likely result for the ceiling? Or has this team shown enough where they could go on a run? I mean, again, it's so hard without seeing the matchups, I guess. We ask this all the time. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say Sweet 16 is likely um, for this team. because I, I think they got behind the eight ball enough that they're going to be potentially facing a, a difficult team um, in that round of 32 game. And you know, like you said, matchup, who knows? I mean, last year they that was the case and they pulled Marquette and it, you know, it was a good matchup for them and they won it and got to the Sweet 16. And that could certainly happen again. But um, it, they'll probably be the higher-seeded team um, in the second game. So I can't say – I see a Sweet 16 likely, but obviously I like the direction. And, um, yeah, I mean, they got six games left. Um, at Purdue, um, obviously is a very difficult one, but, um, the other five are all eminently winnable, you know, like you said, Northwestern, they've struggled with Northwestern, but they lose Ty Berry. Um, that's a senior day game for them. Um, you know, you'd like to think that they could get up, um, that late in the season if they're playing well and, and win that one, but Iowa, Ohio state, Fires Holtman, Indiana, they go at Indiana playing. There's always hard, but Indiana's really struggling this year. Um, no reason to think they can't win, um, five of those last six. And I think if you win four of the last six, uh, you feel pretty good. 
Yeah, I think they could get up to like a six seed with a good showing in the NCAA or the Big Ten tournament. I mean, you go win the Big Ten tournament, you know, maybe a five's on the table. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. You'd like to stay off that eight, nine line. I think you don't want to be going up against UConn <laughs> in the second round. I don't think that's uh, going to be something that's you're going to want happening. So uh, these are important games down the stretch. But Michigan State does look like they're firmly back in the tournament, kind of easing off that bubble conversation. So that's that's a win for the team, I would say. Uh, um, anything else here? Bart Torek's got him projected as a six right now. So much higher, higher than I thought. So there you go. I mean, that Illinois win, that was a big win. Like there's two different types, right? There's like, if the season ended today projections and then there's like, where will we be on selection Sunday? And that's like a selection Sunday thing. So based on how they do, I mean, based on how this team was, you know, mid January, if they get a six seed, you're, you know, potentially facing a three, um, and the second round, sweet 16 looks a lot more doable in that case absolutely so we'll stay on top of it uh it is the fox primetime hoops game against michigan just adding to kind of that that atmosphere uh eight o'clock so it's the the big fox primetime window there so that'll you know if michigan needs even more of a reason to get up (laughs) there it is matt i wanted to ask you about football i don't know if you have any like updates or news stuff about it but i I just saw uh 247 put some out i think espn graded coaching hires and Jonathan Smith is almost universally getting like an A plus an A. Um, I mean, we've kind of talked about why we see it as a good fit, but I, don't, I guess I'm just, it's been like universally praised. I guess what, what do you see as the main reasons why people are seeing this as such a good hire for Michigan State? I mean, the, the cycle has gone nuts post hiring Jonathan Smith. So I think that, you know, that's part of the reason why this is a big win that Michigan State was kind of first in the door. But I think there's a lot of reasons why people are liking it. Um, to touch on your second point first, uh, I just posted a story today about the, all the Big Ten coaches changes and, and, you know, how now the last FBS job is filled. And then this morning, Georgia State head coach, Sean Elliott, the team is already in spring practice. He leaves to become the tight ends coach at South Carolina. I mean, just. Yep. And he's citing NIL for that. I saw. He, well, yep. I mean, it just, it's, it's so wild. Um, but. No, I just think, I mean, Smith is a well-respected coach. He's been successful. You know, he climbed the ranks and, and, and you know, he, he did a pretty good job at, at Oregon State. And he just he's just a good football coach. And he's, you know, people like him. He's young and he's seen as a, as a guy on the rise. You know, when you're doing that at Oregon State, you don't have a lot of attention. You know, you're, you're kind of operating a little bit within the shadows compared to, you know, the Big Ten. So, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody negative about it. Um, and then, you know, obviously, pretty good thing for Alan Haller that UCLA job wasn't open earlier because Smith being a Pasadena native, uh, I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to connect the dots there. So Or Washington, really. Washington probably would have taken a look, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just been it's been a wild cycle. But, you know, Alan got the guy he, looked, he wanted and did it quickly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I... Again, I just think it's a good hire and, uh, you know, be nice if Michigan State brought some uh, players or some more availability for us to talk to them. But that's out of my control. So um, we'll talk to them when we can. I think Jonathan Smith just kind of represents like potentially like an offensive version of Mark D'Antonio where he's very like folk. He's very focused on like the process and the systems and kind of just being like stripping it down and just kind of looking at things on like a baseline, like simplistic simple level like I, I think Mel had way too much flash and flash and dazzle there was way too much stuff going on way too much marketing nicknames funny sayings you know posing with stuff like 
Jonathan Smith just seems like he's going to focus things on, you know, kind of what Michigan State is, which is a developmental program. And, and he just seems like he's really focused on sim- simplifying things in his schemes on offense and defense and just kind of focusing on football. Whereas I think Mel Tucker sometimes was a little too worried about everything else going on. So uh, I think that's can you Can you be, sorry to be philosophical for a second, can you be a developmental program in the Portal NIL era though? I think it can be your base. I think you, but it's, I think he, you need to go out and get transfers 100% Kyle. And, but he's done that, you know, he's gotten veteran guys yeah. that have played and I think he'll continue to do that. But I don't, it, Michigan state is not going to be able to, to pull like the top tier guys in the portal every single year. So I think you do kind of have to find that homegrown talent at some point, but I don't know, like not every program is going to be like Ole Miss with like Lane Kiffin out here headhunting. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to find a balance, you know, there's no other way around it. I mean, you can't be an all portal team. You can't be so you can't be Dabo and solely, you know, relying on just the, the guys you recruit. You got to be able to blend the two and know what's right and, and develop guys along the way too. I mean, that's just, you're, are you going to take some L's in recruiting and you're going to lose some guys to transfer you wish should stay? Of course, every school is going to, that's going to happen everywhere. So, you know, if you can find the sweet spot, there you go. Uh, that's, that's the challenge. And, and obviously it's not an easy one. Yeah. I just think at times the previous regime tried to make Michigan state into something that it wasn't, you know, in terms of culture, in terms of history, in terms of how the university is. And, and this coaching staff seems to have a better idea of what it is. So, um, I, I can uh, appreciate it for that. And I'm optimistic moving forward there. Uh, you gotta go, Matt. Uh, yep. Gotta run. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I think that's going to do it for the episode anyways. So uh, a little bit shorter one here today, but uh, that's okay. We covered some good ground with Penn State and the basketball team looks like they are, I don't know, looking up. We'll see if they can finish the season strong here. Big one coming up, rivalry game at the Chrysler Center, 8 p.m. on Fox. If you're looking for it, Kyle will be there covering. Uh, so, and all our coverage is at MLive.com slash Spartans. So for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time and... Go green.